This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. Okay, so that's a great reintroduction. Neuroscience. We are neuroscience today on Marketing Matters. Welcome back. I'm Catherine Hayes. I'm the executive director of the Wharton Future of Advertising program. And indeed, uh, this evening we are exploring the topic of neuroscience. What should you be knowing about it? What's happening? What's the latest? How is it changing? It's really a field that has evolved significantly over the past uh, several years from being, as one of our guests tonight talked about it with um, some snake oil uh, vendors out there who kind of like, we've got a black box and we know science, uh, but it's really come into its own in many ways, obviously some more growth to happen. So um, it's been wonderful because we've had a chance to talk with uh, Carl Marcy, who's uh, at Nielsen doing some fantastic work and has been for a while. Uh, we've talked with Kyle Nell at Lowe's, a brand who has really embraced um, using neuroscience. And we've just talked with uh, a couple of folks here who have just started the Wharton uh, Neuroscience uh, Initiative here uh, on the Penn campus. Fantastic. So we've, we've see, heard a, different, a lot of different perspectives. And now I'd like to welcome to the show Kevin Randall. Kevin is a brand strategy consultant and a writer. He's um, written for the New York Times, Vanity Fair, The Economist, Fast Company. Um, he uh, was previously at Interbrand, uh, where he worked with such companies as Anheuser-Busch, Capital Ones. So he really is one who we've we've worked together for the last few years, collaborating on on what what future topics are about, and this is a, a topic that he suggested, and so he's been a collaborator on this. And welcome to the show, Kevin. Thank you very much, Catherine. Great great program. Great, great that you had us. And so the way that we decided we'd do this is Kevin has listened into the show and to the guests, and we thought we'd try to do a wrap-up, uh, both in terms of what um, his key takeaways are from this, as well as some of his own thinking about it. So, Kevin, maybe to just um, kick us off, tell, tell us a little bit about what has interested in you in this topic. What are you, as, as a journalist uh, and as a brand advisor, why do you think this is so important and something that, uh, that businesses should really be paying attention? to and marketers in particular you know like the others trying to find out what makes people tick and then applying that knowledge um, that's exciting I Mm -hmm. think there's always been a mystery about how the brain works and then what companies are doing about it it's very secretive it's very proprietary Mm -hmm. so as a writer as a journalist it's a challenge to get at that truth Um, and you know they say that we only know you can ask your other uh, Wharton guests about 15 percent of of how the brain works, right? So that's exciting. It's a new frontier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's absolutely. We didn't get that statistics. I'm really glad that you brought that out because as much as we know and as much research has been going on, we're it's it's the tip of the iceberg, so to speak, in terms of how yeah, much I'm we've really gotten into the it. iceberg. I mean, they say that, and you cited it before that the um, emotion drives 85 to 90 percent of our decisions, but yet we only know. And I'm not sure if the stat is 15 percent or 10 percent or um, but the you know the top neuroscientists will will verify that. Yeah. So, what are some of the key themes that you heard through this program? And as you've been doing research in this topic, what do you what do you see as sort of the the important themes that are coming out? Yeah, I think the field has matured, and that was echoed um, from Carl Marcy. I mean, the fact that he started as sort of a pioneer and innovator, and now is at Nielsen, mm-hmm. a respected <laughs> mar- global market research company. 
Um, he talked about how the technology and the scale has ratcheted up. Um, so I think the, the industry has arrived. That was one mm-hmm. one takeaway. Also from, from Kyle that, you know, he's a behavioral scientist. A lot of people in his role may come from research or a different background. And I think that's an interesting uh, departure. That's um, a really good point. Yeah. Um, he's grounded in reality, but part of his reality is that organizations and people are um, driven by their unconscious um, emotions, trust, and so forth. And he's applied that mm-hmm. successfully in a very innovative way. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, and the other guests from Warden, um, and this has been my interest as well, um, and there there had been some you know, splintering between, you know, the, the snake oil market research, the neuromarketing folks, mm-hmm. and, you know, the more academic neuroscientists. But I think that, you know, how the tools and technologies are moving towards helping in in the healthcare area mm-hmm. with uh, therapeutic approaches, um, diagnosing or helping autistic patients communicate or be understood. Um, there's a lot of work in the mental health area with wearable devices that can help diagnose or, again, for the, those afflicted to to communicate or to improve their, you know, their, their interactions. Um, so there's a lot going on in the medical arena and that to me is exciting. Yeah. I think the medical arena was, uh, and we didn't talk about it in the first couple of segments because we're, you know, focused on marketing, but the intersection of those and being able to learn and even to have that as a mentality seems like it's compelling. Wouldn't you say having to, in other words, if, if, if marketers are seeing this, especially from an ethical perspective, not just to like get people to buy more, but to, right. to make people's lives better to, to purchase when they should, or to make it easier to, make it easier to make choices. And I think Kyle talked a lot about that when he spoke about, you know, the Lowe's customer and and helping them so that things become intuitive. Um, mm-hmm. So that everything, the research as well as the, the executions are on a subconscious level. But at the end of the day, the consumer, the the, the audience, the, the individual's life is, is better off. Yeah, I mean, there's a company in Boston called Empathetics, um, and they do facial coding, but their whole role is to help patient-doctor or patient-clinician interactions. Think of, you know, the cliche about the doctor with his, his hand on the doorknob, you know, not looking at you, not communicating. Right. And, and, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of mistakes happen when doctors don't listen or patients aren't understood or they're mm-hmm. not heard. And so mm-hmm. this idea of um, trying to understand and improve the communication between doctor and a patient for a doctor to have more empathy by reading their faces, I, mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. Very interesting. And do they do that through through neuroscience, presumably? And then they take through facial the, coding, right? The facial coding, and so then they take reading the, the doctor's expressions and the patient's expressions. And the patient's expressions. And interesting. There's, you know, there's there's the doctor, you know, may have issues with the patient not being compliant. So when he asks, "Did you, t-, you know, were were you staying on the prescription?" and you know, the facial coding supposedly supposed to lead Mm -hmm. to more truthful I think it's like if you look down into the left, you're not necessarily telling the truth. I was thinking of taking my meds, but yeah, Mm. yeah, not exactly. Interesting. 
So you you mentioned um, empathetics. That's really interesting. Who else are you hearing about um, who's who's out there doing interesting and promising sorts of things that that we should be keeping on our radar? You may have read about some of these because they're the the big sexy brands like um, Facebook um, is investing. They hired some people from DARPA um, to develop defense. Yeah. Yes. This is really futuristic um, uh, minority report kind of stuff, but Mm. to improve um, brain uh, computer interface and so one application would be you could text or type by using your mind and actually not physically doing it. Okay. Imagine that. Um, Speaking of that's frictionless. Called that's called building eight. Is, is wow. their sort of skunk works descriptor. Wow. There's a company called Emotive um, that um, makes a wireless headset that I think performs as EEG that helps paraplegics um, act, you know, through an exoskeleton or through a robot, through through prosthetic limbs to drive a car or kick a ball. You might recall the World Cup in yes. Brazil in 2014. Right. Well, I guess they, they kicked it off. The kickoff was a paraplegic kicking a ball through his attached exoskeleton, and that was done through this um, device that was... I, it may have been made by this company called Emotive mm-hmm. or a, a similar company. Uh, Emotive is out of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And I know you mentioned Musk Facebook. Is, Elon that... Musk has been in the news as well um, yeah. for a, another chip in the brain project, but not a lot of detail on that one yet. Mm. Speaking of, speaking of, yeah, uh, a, a bit secretive. Yeah. Behind some of these things is actually to um, improve uh you know, help ameliorate those with mental, mm-hmm. you know, disorders, mm-hmm. or or others, or to 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 harness the brain with other um, um, impairments. It sounds like as well as you said, in terms of prosthetics and uh, being able to to use your brain if you if if that's fully function and other parts of you potentially are not. You right, mentioned I Facebook could... too. I I did. Uh, I think you sent something along that said they're they're uh, planning to open what's called the Center for Marketing Science Innovation, where they're really uh, expanding their uh, research uh, facilities. Um, Daniel Slotwiner, with whom we've worked and collaborated, uh, who heads up their their research, is now really uh, evolving that to some of these new technologies. So that'll be very interesting to uh, to find to follow. Um, so what else are, uh, in terms of um, the what you've heard today, what do you think, what, what is your take on terms of what's the most promising for businesses and marketers as they think about um, employing some of these neuroscience uh, technologies? Anything in particular strike you? I think it's more of an idea or a principle that um, there seems to be growing consensus on from you know the corporate community, the scientific community, and just consumers in general, that uh, and it's often been underappreciated that emotions matter. Mm-hmm. They drive people to think and act the way they do, um, and it doesn't mean we should be ashamed of right. uh, of our bad emotions, as the movie Inside Out taught us. But I think uh, you know a consistent theme throughout all these guests are 
that emotions are important. We need to understand them, um, not only to improve our ad messaging and sell more products, but to improve our self-awareness and our interactions with other people and maybe maybe country to country Mm. interactions uh, on the global stage. But um, so that was one that to me, that's one thing that seems promising. I, I think also there's been this divide which you helped to bridge today, even in this session, between the academic neuroscience community and the quote-unquote neuromarketing community. I mean, hmm. Carl Marcy and Kyle are, are credentialed. Their yes. um, predecessors may have been more snake oil salesmen. But I, I, think, I, I think that, as I said earlier, the industry has matured. The technology's mm-hmm. improved. The practitioners have more credibility. Um, I mean, Carl is a serious scientist. Yes. Um, and I think that's a that's a good thing. I mean, look, Kyle Nell hired a PhD scientist from I think it was the University of Copenhagen mm-hmm. to build, um, you know, a neuroscience lab. So mm-hmm. that that says that there's more cooperation between mm-hmm. the academic and the you know professional neuromarketing community. Which is which is exactly certainly what we talk about at, at Wharton all the time is that intersection and and bridging that and the interdisciplinary nature of it. So I think that was another theme that I found very compelling that of the 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 engineering aspect with the changes and 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 the devices that are used to to be able to see how people are reacting and and gather that kind of biometric information to be able to make the changes, uh, but also you know. You know, having that come together with the with the real live lab researches that are that are going on. So we we have just another couple of minutes. So I, I guess I'm going to ask you if you if you look to the future based on what you've seen, what do you what do you think are sort of the most um, the most interesting or you know where do you think the 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 the, the real interesting stuff is going to come from? And in, in, in thirty seconds, looking to the future, uh, I think that. Um, Everyone's talking about AI these days, um, mm. but a lot of AI tools and technologies have lacked the emotional aspect. And but I think that's with companies like Effectiva, um, that um, is being, you know, integrated or woven into a lot of the AI uh, technologies, and that's mm. a good thing, I think. Yeah, AI, also, the, the combination yeah. of artificial intelligence and this understanding from neuroscience is sort of. Neuroscience on steroids, right? I mean, to really be able to, to to crank up the understanding and get from it. Very interesting, yeah. I also think just the growth um, and the affordability of wearables, um, getting us beyond having to go, nothing against Nielsen or Carl, but going into a lab right. to have somebody read our brains, but actually having our iPhone spit back, oh, how are you feeling today, mm-hmm. you know, in a Siri-type voice, yeah. um, and maybe reading our emotions. Mm-hmm. So so more of that real-time um, personal uh, um, assessment of our, of our emotions rather than in market research Makes context, sense. I think that's... Makes sense. That's well, something to watch. Well, with that, um, we're going to uh, have to call it a night. Kevin Randall, thank you so much for joining us and for your contributions to this exciting lineup. It's really been appreciative. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much, Catherine. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 